My name is Felicia Harris from Everything HR and Everything HR Financial Services, and I'll be your host this morning. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts, and when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where Everything HR come in. We do one thing. HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. In this complimentary podcast, we'll provide you with the latest HR trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. More importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. And today's episode is no exception. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic, not just for business owners, but also leaders and professionals. Today's topic is going to be about leadership in the global context. Now, another side of our business is Everything HR Talent Development Institute, and we're consistently running leadership programs for organizations and corporations. And today, we have a professional on from Destination U Coaching, because coaching plays a, a huge part in the development of any leader. And so I'm actually going to turn it over to Andrea and allow her to introduce herself, as well as introduce us and tell us a little bit about her company. Andrea, welcome. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So my name is Andrea. I work as a leadership and career coach and also a cross-cultural trainer. So after 12 years working as well in human research, I discovered my passion to be a coach and support men and women from different nationalities in their personal and professional development. So currently, I working with the leaders with international responsibilities, helping them to become a better leader in a global context. As we know, most organizations collaborate with teams across cultures in regular basis, often without even leaving from our office, like working virtually with people from different countries. Successful leaders know that our globalized and virtual world requires an awareness of other cultures and others in order to collaborate better with each other. So it's important to, um, in the work that we do to develop ourselves, our potential as a leader, and also understand, create empathy and awareness with people from other cultures, understanding who we are and understanding the person in front of us. So Destination U Coaching help uh, leaders and also people in transition in their career development and leadership development. Awesome. Now, if any of you have any questions uh, for our guests or for us today on the topic of leadership in a global context, You may phone in your questions at 929-477-1199, or you can email your questions to support at everythinghr 
FS.net. That's support at everything HR, F is in financial, S is in SAMS.net. You can also text your questions to us at 586-350-5307. Okay, Andrea. Now, basically, we, we realize that in today's economy in which we have, we, have a, we live in a global economy. Whether uh, we want to acknowledge that or realize that, but every day we're actually doing trade um, around the world. Whether we go buy a cup of coffee or go out for tea or whether we just simply go to the grocery store and purchase produce, we are literally participating in a global economy. In order to develop leaders um, with a global mindset, what are some of the things that you actually coach them on? As I mentioned before, and thank you so much for bringing this stuff back now, because we have this influencing everything that we do in our day. So thank you for bringing these examples. So we have this influence with different cultures, even we work in real estate, in bank, uh, and of course in global companies. So it's really important to understanding, as I mentioned before, who is in the other side. So we we work really in understanding uh, what are the styles of communication, for example. What, uh, how can I build trust with people from different cultures? How can I connect in a better way with that cultures or different cultures? For example, Americans, we used to say that Americans have a direct communication. So in American cultures, generally speaking, people are more task-oriented. The communication is direct, like short sentence, and I go direct to the point. If I work or connect with a person from Asia, Chinese cultures, for example, or Latin America, Mexican, Brazilians, for example, their style of communication are indirect communication, which means long sentence. And, and uh, the meaning is always uh, in between the words. So usually these people used to we use a lot of words to communicate, and uh, the answer is not always not direct. They really in between words. Usually, these cultures they are very group oriented, collectivist cultures. So they need the group, the collectivism. So it's very important the relationship. American cultures, for example, we say that are individualist cultures. So the focus is more on the personal achievement and the personal development. So it's really important to understanding who, what is my culture, what is my style, so the self-awareness, and then understanding who, is, who are the people in my team who are the people that I relate with to understand how can I communicate and connect with the other person? Okay. And so if you are 
a business owner, regardless of your size, and you are taking in someone from another culture or, well, let's start with that one first. You're taking in someone from another culture. How do you get them integrated into your company, but also, obviously, into the, the culture that you're bringing them into? What, what is that process for that individual? The process is really to, uh, as I mentioned, uh, understanding the uh, the person. Don't be, don't stereotype. Don't generalize. So really see the individual. It's so easy for all of us, uh, women beings, generalize or stereotype the situation, saying, "All Americans doing this way." All Mexicans or Indians or Chinese stereotype situation and it's really see who is in front of you. Creating more a culture, a company culture, more where using more empathy, seeing the woman being and communicating clearly what you want. Most of the conflicts happen because people generalize situation or not communicate clear what they want. So the process is really in seeing uh, the other person and connecting in a personal level. Okay. And so how do you, how do you that's, that's from the employer perspective, how does the employee prepare to go into another culture? How do you coach that employee in going into another culture? What are the steps there? The steps are, so we, most of the companies we provide, and I provide for some companies as well, cultural trainings. So during the cultural, cross-cultural trainer, we will uh, coach the, the person, the manager, or the family in all the different aspects of the, the cultural, of the, the company, of the, the place that they are going to live if, in case of the, this person will be an uh, expat into another country. So, um, in, during this training, we would talk about uh, the gaps, the gaps between each cultures. What is the working? How can I, the work and the company cultures, and the lifestyle of in that culture. So, this employee we have. Uh, before they started a better awareness of the culture of the company and the culture that they will be working with. Great. Now, before they, before, and I guess we'll back up a little bit too. Um, before a company actually assigned an individual to actually go on an assignment into another country, um, there's a process, that interview process, um, that they go through, you know, it's, it's more of a psychological process because they want to make sure that that person is mentally prepared. And you touched mm -hmm. on the family a little bit about the family also 
um, going through this same process, too, as well, in making sure that, you know, the family is not also impacted by this transfer to another company. Um, you want to talk to us a little bit about that process and how long that process actually takes or could take possibly? Sure. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, and usually this process could be um, taken. It's so dif difficult to say how long. It depends on the company and even about the situation of the family. Let's say that this family has kids, kids that go to school. So usually this uh, expatriation, this assignment will start uh, when, depending on the school year for the kids. For example, here in the U.S. will be around the summertime when in the way that these kids can start the school in September. Sometimes the company cannot wait for the school, so it happened that they can move uh, in the middle of the school year. So it will take a few months, uh, let's say around six to ten months, to define all the process for the employee and for the family. So this transitionally impacts all people in the, in the family, not just the manager or, or who is moving for work. Uh, in most of situation, and this was my situation when I moved to United States, I used to live in Italy before for 12 years. I had to quit my job to follow my husband's um, work opportunity. Uh, so it's very common that uh, the spouse or partners um, have to quit their job and to follow this their this spouse opportunity or not even for the other part of the family start uh, a new life in a new place and a new language so um, there is relocation services who are uh, very specializing offering language um, training, helping the expatriate to finding a house, a school for the kids, and all the bureaucracy of moving to a new place. So because it's a, it's a, a challenge you know, uh, for all families to integrate in a new place. So my work will come in parallel with that, helping the family to understanding where they are going. Uh, as I mentioned before, understanding what is the lifestyle, how we do school works, how is the health system works, how is the um, celebration, how can I connect, have friends, um, what is the customs and traditions of that cultures um, that usually is very different from Europeans that come here, Latinos or Asians? Right. And I know that uh, you touched on, I know that basically a lot of companies will actually take um, candidates that they're considering uh, sending to another country, um, psychological tests or assessments, I don't want to call them tests, assessments. 
mm-hmm. to make sure that that individual is mentally prepared um, to go into another country mm-hmm. and and that they will be successful and acclimated inside of another country. And typically those, if they're on an assignment, those assignments can be a long-term assignment. And so there's that process of making sure that they'll be successful while they're there. And then there's the flip side of it as to trying to bring them back and get them reacclimated back into their home country. Do you want to talk about that side of it? That's a very good point. Thank you for touching this. Moving is not easy, not just because of the language and starting something new, as I mentioned before, finding a house and not getting settled. But uh, when you move to a new place, you start to, like the things that you used to do before in a normal basis, is starting to be like... Uh, they are different, they are new. And you start to get used to, of course, after one year, two years, three years assignment, or even five years assignment as expat, you get used to with this new reality. And as we know, these assignments are temporary and the family needs to go back. And uh, from different reasons is one of the big challenges is readapt on your own place. Because in this stage that you lived abroad, you become a different person. You learn how to be flexible, to adapt, the resilience. The, you learn how to do things in a different way. It's really open your mindset. And when, and this, there are so many books who touch this point that when you go back to your own country, you see that the way people used to do things are not the same as you are doing right now. I remember one client that he is French that he used to work here in U.S., here in Michigan. And he spent three years with his family here, and then he went back to Paris, uh, his home country, home city. And I remember our first, first or second session after he moved back, he mentioned um, something like, uh, I don't want to go back to my old habits. And I asked him, what do you mean by old habits? And he said, in U.S., um, I used to go home uh, earlier and have dinner with my family. Because here in Michigan, U.S., the family moment is so important. So we can start work like maybe 7 a.m., 8 a.m., but we are go we are home around five, six to be with our family. In most of big cities in Europe, uh, I lived in Milan uh, and he is in uh, Paris, people work until really late uh, in the evening. Maybe they start late and they are working until eight, nine PM. 
So this is one was one challenge for him because he was seeing people working until late in the evening and he was getting used to with the American lifestyle that uh, um he he was enjoying going back home and having spending time with his family. So re-entering in our home country is not um, easy sometimes, a very good topic. That's interesting to tell, to see how the difference, how a person's perceptions can change or, or not just perceptions, but also ways can change once they have been introduced to um, another culture. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Which which is another reason, another good reason for promoting diversity and inclusion because we can learn a lot from each other and the different cultures that, you know, each of us possess. And so being open to that makes us as individuals um, a lot more marketable and a lot more productive. I totally agree. The um, diversity and inclusion are fundamental in the work nowadays. Uh, in our in our daily life, it's seeing that uh, there is no right or wrong or good or bad way. We can do things just differently, and accepting that the different could be good. So. In the cultural aspect, uh, uh, we say that we just understand our own culture when we lived with someone or in another place or we lived with someone from another culture. We, If we live in the same place and knowing people from the same place, the tendency is that the way you do things, you think that's right. This is my way and this is the right way to do because this is the way you know. When you connect with people from different cultures, you start to being aware that there is other ways to do things, other ways to communicate, other ways to do business, other ways to create a relationship, other ways to arriving in agreement, for example, and um, open our mindset without judging or without uh, discriminating, as you mentioned, like with more inclusion, you, we can see how the different could be good as well. Awesome. That is very true. And it takes a person... It, it, that's part of our learning process and, and being open and being able to grow. And for those of us that are business owners or those that are managing, you know, large companies or organizations, we should want our business, our products and our services and, and the ideas that come for us to produce our products and services to look just like our customer base. We want a customer base that's representative of everyone and it's all-inclusive. And the best way to do that is to be able to be open, be open to other cultures, be open to other others' opinions, um, because all of us are a product of our environment, in our surroundings, and our life experiences. 
And so being able to, number one, open enough to express our life experiences and share those with others, as well as being open enough to allow others to share them with us, it helps all of us grow. And that's, you know, that's a whole nother form of coaching all by itself. Life is a coach. Yes, that's very well said. Perfectly. And being able to, to, to know that when we look, you know, we, we all aspire to, to have globalization. And as I stated earlier, we are all experiencing a global economy every single day. We may not realize that, but we go out to the grocery store or go out to, like I said, buy a cup of coffee or buy some tea or whatever, we are being a part or playing a part in a global economy, and we're experiencing other cultures, you know, we may not know it consciously, but we are. We're participating. It's a global supply chain in everything that we have, the clothes that we have on. You know, that's a global piece of clothing that you have on. Absolutely. Or your car. You know, and so being able to be open during this whole process um, is awesome. We've pretty come pretty close to the halfway point, and so, Angel, I'm going to allow you to, again, to tell us about yourself and your background and about your company and your background for those listeners that may have joined us a little bit later. Um, and so yes, go ahead sure. and give us your background. Okay, sure. So I, I want to mention about my personal background as well. So as I can, you can see from my accent, um, I'm originally from Brazil. So my family is from Brazil, south of Brazil. And I moved to Italy in 19 years ago in 2000. Uh, my husband is Italian. Um, so I lived in Italy, in Milan, for 12 years. And we moved to Michigan seven years ago because of my husband's job. So I speak fluently Portuguese, my first language, Italian and English. After 12 years working in human research in Italy, after I moved here to the United States, I discovered coaching. This is my biggest passion. And I started to working with people, supporting uh, people from different nationalities uh, in their personal and professional development. So currently I'm working as a career coach and leadership coach for leaders with international responsibilities. And I'm also a cross-cultural trainer. So I do training for managers and families who are moving to a different culture, helping them to understanding the gaps and how to you know the understanding the cultures that they are going to live. As we mentioned before, um, we don't need to move abroad to connect with people from other cultures. You can work uh, in a bank on real estate or as a teacher or any kind of industry, and you can relate with people from different cultures in a daily basis. So understanding 
our own cultures and understanding the others, being open, flexible, and creating the mindset of uh, empathy and inclusion are the main things to know to adapt and to understand uh, ourselves and others. Okay. That's good. I know that I'm sure that both of us are aware of individuals that have a difficult time with quote-unquote networking. And so for someone that may have a difficult time being open and networking, to get to know another culture, what are some sub- suggestions that you would have for them to making giving them more of a global mindset? As you mentioned before, Felicia, it's really about being open and being flexible, seeing the others, um, seeing the, the way that others are doing in um as good, that is okay, accept the others. So um, there is a study from Milton Bennett, which is called uh, cultural sensitivity, which are the stages of uh, adapting in uh, different cultures. So it's very normal in the beginning if you are connecting, living abroad or connecting with people from the culture, that the first stages are really about uh, comparing, seeing or judging or seeing the others as not good or what is the my way is the better way, right? So the best way, now that we see is really create uh, uh, this mindset of openness, accepting in order to adapt. So seeing the different as good uh, with an open mind and being flexible. Great. So in other words, this whole process is very similar to just learning in general. If we ever, you know, if a person ever gets to the point where they feel like they know everything, um, I always say that's the most dangerous person there is because that person has cut themselves off from new ways of doing things or better ways of doing things. And so we have to constantly make certain that we're ever learning, ever open to others' ideas of doing things even better. You know, we're perfecting it. And so that goes along with being able to make ourselves vulnerable and knowing that I may not know everything about this particular subject. I may not know everything about this is the best way of doing things. My way is not the best way. And being open about that or being open about the fact that there may be a better way to the way that I'm doing something. Um, and being able to celebrate that, not to try and squash that, but being open to saying, hey, there might be a better way. You may have a better idea or a better way of going about this, and, and adapting that, being open to listening to it. You may not accept everything, but there may be something in there that you can utilize. And so through your coaching process, for the most part, it sounds as if that's something that it would help a person adapt. 
Exactly. Adapt and um, the self-awareness, understanding ourselves. You mentioned something really important today, nowadays in leadership, which is the vulnerability. Vulnerability is such an important topic for each one of us. We were raised or in our society where this being someone that uh, we need to be perfect, we need to know everything, we need to show up in in a good way for others. And um, most people are living lives in the way that uh, is not authentic, it's not themselves. They are really being someone who they are supposed to be. So vulnerability in leadership is really the key to create this inclusion, this openness in the way that uh, the leader will see the others as human beings and see themselves as human beings, which means it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, to the others, you did a great job. It's not just about me, it's about the others. Create this mindset of inclusion when we do for the team and not for just for ourselves. Um, Building trust with the team is the base for, is the foundation to create a better cohesive team. Most of the teams have a hard time to communicate or to relate with each other or to focus on the results because it's missing the base, which is trust and managing conflict. So my work would be not the cultural aspect and also how to manage myself, you know, creating my self-awareness as a leader and how can I create a better cohesive team connecting with my own team in a more, more vulnerable way. Right, that is so true. I mean, and I can, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and my thought process immediately goes to those that are close to being open about accepting others, you know, it, it, or admitting that they don't know everything, kind of boils down to basically, you know, you're you're full of pride. You're to, to think that you know absolutely everything and your way is the only way is you're restraining yourself or constraining yourself from going to the next level. It's easier for, you know, I, I look at my own personal life and it's like, you know, I, I can have an event or a personal event and, and invite others and they can see my world and it's like, wow, your world looks like United Nations, is what they say. And it's, it's because I'm, you know, I like being open to others and other cultures and other people and getting to know the person. Um, even as far down as saying, you know, because we may have a different culture, um, on there, the culture is not the person. The person may be a product of their culture, but getting to know right. the person is the interesting part. 
because every individual person is their own, have their own uniqueness. And when you're able to be open and connect with someone on that personal level, that's when the, the relationship building take place. And that's where the thing that you can value the most. And that's when you're able to, to go to them and, and be able to say, hey, I have this problem or this is going on. You know, what do you think about it? You know, right. that becomes a whole lot easier on both sides. On both sides, you're able to help each other. Because isn't that what relationships about? Isn't that what teamwork is about? Is exactly. being there to where where one may be a little weak and the other one is strong, so we can yeah. go through life leaning up against each other, and so that neither one of us fall. Exactly. There is this famous quote right, uh, Simon Sinek, who says, "Leadership is not a position, but it's the way you." Um, elite. So it's creating this awareness that uh, I am being a boss or I am being a leader. Believing that the leadership is in each one of us. A leader is someone who is responsible for their actions, responsible for the world. So if each one of us You don't need to be in a manager or executive level to have a leadership mindset. A leader, it's here inside of us. You can be, again, a lawyer, a teacher, a consultant, and behave as a leader. And you mentioned, Felicia, very well said, being open to others, communicating clearly, Um, listening is one of the most important leadership skills. How are you listening to others? How you are communicating with others to in the way that uh, the result, I will achieve better results for myself, for my organization, for my team, if I'm applying this, if I'm building trust, listening, communicating, and connecting better with others. That is so true. I mean, we start out our, our, our leadership training with letting people know just that very thing, that, you know, all managers are not leaders, and all, all leaders are yeah. not managers. A leader right. can be anyone, you know, and, and there are good and bad leaders. Just because you're a leader mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're a good person or you're doing something <laughs> good. There are a lot of bad <laughs> leaders. And, but there, you, you, you hope that what we really want is a lot of good leaders. And the best way to determine who the leader is in the room is who is the person that's gaining the trust of the people, that they're getting the followers, the people to follow them, you know, and acknowledge yeah. what it is that they say and what they're doing. That person is the leader. And so when Absolutely. we're doing our leadership training for managers, we try to tell them to – Get to know your direct reports. Find out who is the leader among there because that person is your advocate when you need to make changes or something you need for them to adopt a particular method or whatever you may have going on. That person is the person that you can always count on to being your advocate. Mm -hmm. And so 
You want to always just be able to identify who's the leader because a leader, they don't have to say very much. It's the way that they carry themselves, their conduct. A leader will always shine through, a true leader. Right. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, go right ahead. I used to say, I do use this metaphor for my clients that it's leader is is like a captain of a boat. No. Mm-hmm. That is that one who is there giving the direction that people will look to you, be inspired by you, and you will be there giving the direction. And at the same time, you need all your crew, all your team to work together to, to achieve the same goal, the result. So if we think of like a boat, if someone is going in one direction and someone will be rowing to another direction, you'll be in the same place. So the leader is that one that you will communicate, inspire, make people, all the boat, all the crew, to achieve the results and walk in, you know, and go to go to the same direction to achieve better the results. Very, very true. And a good leader, a good leader will always be there. They, the good leader will be the one. They're the first one to arrive there at work, and they're the last one to leave when that project, because they're taking ownership of it. They're taking responsibility, and they're setting the tone for how they want the environment to be, the culture. The leader is the one that's going to set the culture. And so they're going to set the pace. They're the first one there to work. They're going to be the last one to leave because they want you to know they're dedicated to whatever that project is or they're dedicated to whatever that position is or they're dedicated to whatever that job is. So it's very easy to always point out that's the leader of the group because you can look around. You can say there were some um, that used to say if a piece of paper was down on the ground, watch and notice the one that picks it up. Those that walk by, that's not your leader. But the one that stops and bends over and picks it up and puts it in the trash, that's your leader. Right, right. Well said. Because that well person said. is that person cares about their environment, they care about their surroundings, and they care about what they're doing. And they, they're promoting excellence at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had uh, last week uh, with a client... Um, he is from Puerto Rico and um, working in a global company. And so we started the session and he was talking about the situation with his team. And he mentioned, you know, Andrea, honestly, I micromanage a lot. I need to tell you this. So, okay, we started talking about this and understanding at the end of this, this session, I asked him, so what is important now you know, for to work better with your team and you know, about the situation that he, he came, um, that he was talking about? And he said so beautifully, he said, I need to ask them what they want. 
So for me, and after our session, he sent me a private message saying, thank you so much for our session today. It was an eye-opening for me because it's so easy for all leaders, so many of us. We have so many to-do lists. You, the companies um, want the results, and we are so stressed with our busy life. And sometimes the coaching comes exactly in that moment that you need to look things in a different way, see things in a different perspective, in the way that uh, you can start doing things differently, not to work better with yourself, with your team, and bring best results for your company. So... um, this is really um, a life changing, like uh, it's really changed the way you you communicate with yourself. You are being a better person to yourself and coaching helps you to become a better person for your team and also for your family and people around you. That is so very true. And, and one of the ways to get to know other cultures. Um, or get to know other people from from other countries. There's something about breaking bread with each other that helps us relationship build much much faster. And so, being open to to allow that person to talk to you about their culture and themselves, and in a non-judgmental way. Um, because what just because their culture is different does not mean it's inferior to yours. Right. And I think people have to, you know, be able to be open to realize that that that's their culture, and and it's okay for that to be their culture. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's one of the things that, for the most part. Uh, a lot of people can become very judgmental at, oh, they do that? Wow. You know, it's like, no, that's their culture, that, and that's okay. It doesn't make your culture superior to theirs because it's different. Right. Perfectly. Yeah. And so when we go through this coaching process, um, it's one of those things that, you know, it helps us be more open-minded, um, be more accepting, and to realize that we're all human, and whether we're a manager or a leader or whatever, because we're all human, we're all going to make mistakes, and we have to, to be able to give people room to make mistakes. But at that same time, we have to also be willing to make whatever we can make right, make it right, but start looking at and uh, things instead of in terms of right and wrong, but start looking at things in terms of being a learning experience. Um, because most people learn more from their mistakes than they do from their successes. And so Perfect. being able to adapt that and to understand that if I really am going to be a good leader and a great leader, I have to, to go through the process of not just accepting others, but also getting to know what my get to know myself. Do I have biases? If I have biases, 
How do I deal with those biases and root those biases out and, and change that? Because, you know, we can have hidden biases and not be made aware of them, but when I am made aware of them, what do I do with them? Because a true leader is going to be open and deal with them immediately. They're not going to just let them sit there and go along. We have to make the decision on our own, I am going to deal with this bias because I understand that bias is holding me captive and I can't go to the next level until I deal with that bias because no one else can deal with it except ourselves. Right. Perfectly said. I used to say I also wrote a post on LinkedIn this week. Uh, what makes a, a leader a leader? And there are so many skills that a leader needs to learn, but one specifically is being open to learn. Exactly what you said, Felicia, being open to learning new things. We are always growing and learning with each other. So this is for me what's make a leader a good leader and is being able to learn and to grow, having an open mindset, mindset uh, willing to, to grow. So many companies I working with, I work with companies and they offer coaching for their employees and People sometimes are not committed or they don't want to change. And how you be a leader of a team if you don't want to change? So the first step is be willing, be open to learn, to grow, and to change. Because the world is changing. The world is growing. Our society, like millennials and so many things that happen so fast nowadays, that we need to be updated. We need to, to be open and willing to, to learn. That is so true. We do have to be open. One of the things that we tell um, others, if, if you are not committed um, to it, that's okay because that's where you're saying that you don't want to take yourself to the next level. Um, but if right. you do want to take yourself to the next level, you have to change. I mean, change is inevitable for everyone. You might not like it, but change is going to occur. And there's someone that said anything that is not changing is either dead, dying, or artificial. Right. And so you, you, you have to change. If, if we're going mm -hmm. to continue to live and to grow, you're changing every single day. You may not notice it, but you are changing every day. Right, right. And yeah. our, our products and our services are have to change because our customer is going to demand that they change. So we have to be open to change. It's, it's inevitable in every area of our life. Life is about changing. We're not the same as we were 10 years ago, and neither will we be the same 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Very true. And so we have to be very accepting of change and willing to change um, in order to take ourselves to the next level. We've come pretty close to the end um, of our show. So, Andrew, I'm going to ask you again to give out your information to those that may want to contact you and tell them how they can go about contacting you and receiving your services for leadership coaching. 
Yes, sure. So uh, my website is www.destinationucoaching.com. My email address is andrea at destinationucoaching.com. I'm also on social media, LinkedIn for sure, Facebook, uh, and um, um, I'm available. I always give a, a willing to have a, a conversation with people who want to know more about uh, myself, my work. So feel free to schedule your free consultation to know more about uh, what will be your next steps uh, and how can I support you in your personal and professional development. Awesome. Now, do you do assessments too for them if they wanted an assessment? Yes, yes, I work with some, a few assessments. So uh, I believe that each person is very unique. So it depends on the needs of the client. I will recommend uh, the assessment. So we can talk about that um, depend of the, the needs of the, each individual. Okay, awesome. And so I do recommend that you reach out to Destination U Coaching especially if you are an expat um, there and you need to acclimate into a culture, be it here into the U.S., um, that you may be having difficulty to, or you're someone that's, that's, you know, getting ready to be, actually go to another country to work for an assignment. Um, as you stated, there is a process that your company will take you through, and basically they handle all of your visa information, all those things for you, as well as, residents there for you, but also you need someone that you can call on while you're there and talk through problems or issues of getting acclimated to that particular culture, Andrew will be able to actually help you um, through that process. As she stated um, herself that she moved from her native country um, there to a whole nother country there with her in, in Italy. And then she came to the U.S. So you really have someone that have walked through your shoes and be able to assist you with this process of getting acclimated to another country. And some of the, uh, you know, the pros and cons um, that you and your family may experience because she has it on that site, too, of, of moving her family uh, to as well. And so I would like to thank everyone for joining us for this particular podcast. But also at that same time, I would like to take this opportunity to ask you guys to shoot us an email at support at everythinghrfs.net and tell us about what other topics that you would like to hear um, there from us. As well as, if you would like to be a guest on the show, please also shoot us an email too as well. And we will, you know, you have received a phone call from someone and we can kind of talk over uh, the topic in which you are interested in presenting. Again, this, my name is Felicia Harris. I am the principal owner of Everything HR and Everything HR Financial Services. And these podcasts are really designed to assist you, the business owners and the leaders, in being able to take your products and services to the next level, but also assisting you in growing your employees and, and hearing best practices from other business owners. Andrea today is a business owner. And so being able to, you know, we talked about a gig economy um, here on one of our shows. 
And she's a prime example of, of, of having or being a gig economy, being able to join your team and assist your team um, there with leadership in a global context and the coaching um, there for your employee base. And so as we bring the different guests to you, yes, we have that at them. And yes, we do, uh, when we recommend them, we do recommend them and, and they will provide you with a quality product and service and experience. And so beware of that too as well. But definitely join us again on next week when we will definitely have another um, expert in their field there with us. The dial-in number there for you is 929-477-1199. We will be back again on next week, uh, Wednesday, at 8 a.m. at the very same time. And I look forward to seeing all of you again. Again, Andrea's website is www.destinationucoaching.com. If you have questions for us, obviously feel free. Our office number is 586-461-1400. Again, that phone number uh, to reach us is 586-461-1400. Please feel free to reach out to us at any time. Thank you again. Thank you, Felicia.